I'm Sean Fitzpatrick, and you're watching Rugby Wrap-Up. 2015, the Rugby World Cup. The kick to the corner. We could have potentially gone for post and got a kick, but we could have also missed it. It was, it was a tough kick. Um, but look, that's something that I'll always have to live with. Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, the San Diego Legion's English rugby legend and opera buff, Chris Robshaw. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy here in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby. And I have the pleasure of talking to somebody overseas in England right now. None other than Chris Robshaw. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi Matt, thank you very much for having me on. So Chris, for folks that live in a cave or have been in a coma for about 15 years, you are a big deal. You you come over from England to play in the MLR, Major League Rugby with the San Diego Legion. But before that, you had a storied career, not only representing your country, England, but also playing for one club in the Premiership Rugby League Harlequins. And you had a great career there. And then you came over here. What was that? like that transition and why did you make the switch i think for me i was looking looking at different options there was there was a couple out there on the, on the table and i think for me i lived my whole life in kind of southwest london uh being through harlequins from a boy and a man come straight from school um and i've spoken to so many friends whether that be rugby or, or normal jobs who had lived abroad and worked abroad, and they spoke about so highly about how great it was and the opportunity and for me, I wanted to experience something like that. Another reason to go in America, bar kind of the potential there and all that kind of stuff, was I'm very dyslexic. And I wanted to go somewhere English-speaking. I didn't want to go to a, a France or Japan where you might only pick up every third or fourth word if you're going out for coffees with the guys or some beers after a game. Uh, I wanted to get fully involved. And then when you look at San Diego, they were unfortunately, we had a, a bit of a dip-off last season. Uh, one of the best sides in the league. Um, and I asked a lot of people about San Diego unfortunately with COVID and everything else we couldn't actually get out there to visit it but hearing the right things coming back from the owners uh, Darren and Ryan and the coaches um, but also everyone who had been to San Diego loved San Diego there wasn't one person I spoke to who said a bad word about it and, but you, you get other cities where it'd be a 60-40 or something like that but this was this must be 95% good for me I love the ocean as well I love the ocean. It's a massive relaxation, recovery process, just a mental escape for me. So being able to get down there a couple of times a week is just incredible. Me and the wife have some chairs and we just go sit there for an hour after training at night, just watch the sunset. And Well, you don't miss the sideways freezing rain. The, the, you know, the, <laughs> the- well, in some of the pitches, it's, it's bad. And I'm sure it'll get bad again here soon. But hopefully, yeah, we'll be back over there by then. All right. You mentioned the missus. And she is an opera singer. Since you are part of an opera family, I'm sure you're up to speed. So I, I just got to throw you under the bus here real fast and ask you a couple <laughs> of questions about your opera okay. knowledge. I've been studying as well, so I'm ready. All right. I'm going to give you, you know, like a handful of my favorite operas. And I want you to tell me who the composer is. Why don't we start with one? This is a layup. I mean, Madam Butterfly. Puccini. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's let's up 
Let's raise the bar a little. How about Ave Maria? Ready. You. You're good. You're good. All right. La Boheme. Come on. Puccini. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. (laughs) The Marriage of Figaro. Figaro, Figaro. Figaro. Mozart. Oh, you dirty name. We went and saw that in San Diego in a drive-through uh, theater. It was uh, right. it was like when theaters were coming back. So that was uh, that was pretty good. All right. So okay. All right. Okay. This one. I don't know if you're going to get this one, but it's it's one of my favorites. The Barber of Seville. Bugs Bunny made it famous. Ah, Rossini. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a Renaissance man in our midst. In Chris Robshaw. Chris. <laughs> Uh, you've stunned me. You've stunned the world, I think, with those answers. Maybe not the world, but you've stunned me uh, with those answers. That was very good. Very good on the hot seat. Next time, keep- we'll, we'll get my wife on and ask her what, about rugby coaches. Excellent. Excellent. And maybe we'll go to the Met here the next time you're in New York. But all right. What is Sounds the good. wife's career? How's the wife's career working out in San Diego? Well, she's sung at the Padres. She sung at the Padres. She sung at the, the San Diego game, game as well. So that was obviously incredible. But we actually just had a baby over there. So four and a half months ago, we had a baby in San Diego. Um, so she's been recovering from that, taking it easy. Uh, she's starting to get back on her feet now, back singing. She's actually the anthem singer for when the NFL come over to London in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, that's cool. So, we'll, yeah, we'll be down there uh, knocking around. All right. That's all good stuff. Let's get back to you and your rugby career and what's ahead. So you came over to play for Major League Rugby. You settled on San Diego, as we've we've talked about. Uh, but it wasn't the season that you would have preferred. A, you had to serve the suspension uh, from World Rugby. That kept you out a number of weeks. And when you finally get in, you get back up to speed, the shoulder becomes an issue. How's the shoulder? How's the health now? Yeah, tough season in all honesty, uh, especially when you get first go to a new club, you want to make an impact, don't you? And unfortunately, it wasn't the, wasn't the right one I would have liked to make. Um, but yeah, the shoulder, the shoulder feels good now. Um, everyday life is fine. I'm starting to up my rehab. I've got some good physios back here. So I'm starting to up the rehab, starting to up my weight. Um, so yeah, when I get back in January, it should be fit and ready to go. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, the full season. So how does that work with you go with you doing your rehab over there? Do you call up an old friend that was a physio and say, "Hey, I'm I'm looking. Can you help me out?" Or um, a little bit of that. So I spoke to the Harlequins physios kind of early on, um, but also had a physio that I would work with in London every now and then if I was needed some attention on days off or at night time and this type of thing. He would always be the guy I would go to. So I've been I've been back in touch with him, and he's um, he he does a couple of rugby guys. He does so. Um, tennis players all type of sports people um so now i put my full trust in him and yeah he's got me on a good program so far excellent that's good to hear that you're coming back i mean it, you guys on paper and i kept picking you guys i kept thinking okay they're getting their pieces back now they're going to go on this role I, I even said on the show which i'm still getting my my chops broken for is i said san diego was going to come out of the west and this was like mid-season when you guys were just struggling because there was that spate of injuries and everything else that kept you guys from actually being that team on paper that you could have been. Agreed, yeah. Very tough season, especially especially over there where you don't have the numbers. The squads are a lot smaller, so yeah. if injuries do occur, it's tough. I remember we 
one of the first games of the season. Um, I can't remember. I think we were going to Atlanta. And we woke up in the morning, early, early kind of bus trip to the airport, all that kind of stuff. And we're looking around and there were six guys not there. Yeah. Six guys had gone down with food poisoning. And all of a sudden the coaches are panicking because we had a couple of players injured. I said, I couldn't play at that point. So all of a sudden we didn't have enough players to play. So then all of a sudden you're trying to get players from around the country, yeah. which was a completely new experience for me. Um, but yeah, look, we, we started to pick up a bit of form in the middle of it. And in that game against Utah killed us, that last play of the game, they scored to, to win the game. And of course that just accelerated them over in that. That definitely knocked a bit of wind out of ourselves for sure. We were, we were just starting to build a little bit. But yeah, there, there was a lot of things which unfortunately didn't go to plan last year. Um, I think everyone tried and put their best effort forward and their best feet forward. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty around things. And well, the fact that you guys get it right to the pitch. You guys were playing in Vegas in that town park, basically, to start the season because of COVID. <laughs> and you know, you have the best yeah. you have the best fans, arguably. Seattle and San Diego have the best fan bases right now in mm. terms of numbers alone. And you couldn't utilize that. You couldn't tap into that in San Diego at Torero, and then you, you're playing on the road, and then, you know, with you know, COVID. Was, um, with COVID and everything, look, there, was, there was a lot against us last year, and unfortunately, we didn't manage to get a grasp of it. But no doubt, when we get back next year, all that's behind us. We'll be back at Torero. We'll be back fighting fit. We'll be back at our kind of state-of-the-art training facility, which which we all love the training. Um, and then we can put the season behind us. All right. Speaking of behind us, I'm going to use this as a stretch of a segue and go back to 2015, the Rugby World Cup. You are the captain for England. And I have to ask you about this. The kick to the corner. Would you do it again? Would you change things up? Yeah, look, I think when I look back to that World Cup, that was to lead your country at home World Cup was incredible. The high of my career. Like when we first got to Twickenham, that opening ceremony, the first game just rows and thousands and thousands of England shirts singing, chanting all that kind of stuff you couldn't stop it unfortunately week on yeah there's a decision to make um, we lost all kind of momentum in the game and, and that decision's on me it's, it's on no one else as captain I I made the final call and look it's a decision which unfortunately didn't work for us and yeah look it was tough to take it was tough to take and look hindsight's a wonderful thing and we could have potentially gone for post and got the kick, but we could have also missed it. It was it was a tough kick. Um, but look, that's something that I'll always have to live with. That's a scar I'll always wear. And then unfortunately, we, we go the following week and we lose to Australia and then that's us done. Um, and for me personally, for a lot of the players, management, coaches, Stuart, it was tough. And I think you don't realise how tough those moments are until you've been through them. So when you see other sports people getting written about and this guy slagging them off and this yeah. podcast or whatever yeah. else, I think until it's been you, it's, it's tough to really appreciate how hard that is to get out of. It took me a long time. And there's a guy called Sean Fitzpatrick who was a New Zealand, New Zealand legend captain as well. 92 caps. And he caps. wrote to me after the world. That's good knowledge. Yes. And he wrote to me after and said, look, nothing anyone's Anyone that says anything can make you feel better at the moment. But a sun will come up again. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. It might not even be next month. But it will come up again and you will be okay. And look, sometimes time's a wonderful healer. And sometimes you need that. 
there was a lot of other factors. My wife was fantastic. Uh, my teammates, um, all these kind of things added up and eventually I started to get through it. But yeah, it definitely took me a long time to recover from that. So prior to that, were you a kind of guy, because this is, this, that was the ultimate of pressure and ultimate of stages. So you, you had it really had that kind of pressure before in, in your rugby career, I would imagine, right? That had to be the, the most. No, that, definitely. We had played in kind of Grand Slam games and Six Nations finals and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, nothing, nothing to that level. So prior to that, were you a kind of guy that could let it, like, let it just roll off you, water off a duck, so to speak? Or do, do things like that take a while for you to process? I think when you're an international captain and an international player, you learn to deal with it. You learn to live with it. Um, but I don't think it was a natural thing. Again, we went to, again, unfortunately it was the Welsh, went to Wales, Grand Slam game, um, and unfortunately we got beat pretty comfortably. Um, and we A couple of bounces of the ball just went against us and all of a sudden the floodgates opened and I think we lost about 30 points to three. Uh, and the, that was the first time of being in that cool room and the, the backlash of the social media, the backlash oh. of the press, the backlash of that kind of stuff. And it definitely makes your, your skin thicker and your shoulders broader. But also now, and now that I've been through it, it's about being there for others. It's about helping younger guys who, when I see them, having that type of time. Because unfortunately, people still go after people. Yeah. Um, rightly or wrongly, and it, it's helping that next generation come from through and learning through my experiences because I'm so grateful for all the international captains and the people that reached out to me and my wife and all this. I can't speak highly enough of it all because um, I wouldn't have got through it by myself for sure. And I don't think people do get it through by themselves. Uh, do you know, uh, Justin Langer, sorry, yep. he's an Australian cricketer. And he is one. I love listening to leadership talks and uh, captain speak and all that kind of stuff. And he says, in tough times, you need three things. You need your mates, you need to talk, but most importantly, you just need to hang in there. And that's what I mean, Tom. You just need to hang in there because when you're in those moments, you can't see outside of it. You, It's like you're being in a fog. You feel like all this negative energy is probably not because everyone lives their own life. But you just feel this yeah. emotional and you don't want to look at people. You're a little bit embarrassed. Uh, you're dented. Like, I didn't want to leave the house for a long time. I, 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 could, full, I, I was there because I was the media manager for Team USA during that World Cup. And I, I, I felt horribly for you because, A, you can't understand over here in the United States what that meant in a rugby-playing nation like England. I mean, it was just insane. It was great. It was absolutely great. It was brilliant. But for you, I was th th two things went through my head. A... It was one play in a in an in an eighty minute match, and B, you know, there could have been somebody in the coach's booth that got a message to you to maybe change the call if they fully disagreed with the call, or the you know you opting to go for the corner and the and the line out rather than the points. But you know, you kind of got hung out to dry. It seems is that the case? Could because you know could, is there like a sign from the the coach's box? That, you know, like in baseball, no, no, we no, touch no, the no. nose and. No, look, like I said, look, it's on me. I, I was captain of the side and it, it falls on my shoulders. I made the final call. Um, and the thing is, a captain as a leader, you have to be able to li live with that. Right or wrong in those toughest moments, you you make that shot. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. 
I mean, Michael Jordan had a brilliant saying. I can't remember exactly, but the amount of shots he's taken, the amount of shots he's missed, but he still gets trusted time and time again, and that's why he succeeded. Yeah. Um, and that in itself was a big quote to help me get through. Yeah, like when you hear stuff like that from people who have been experienced, and, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people who, who have got to the top, who have had very, very tough breaks and tough moments in their career, and it's about how you respond. And look, the next season, we... We won a Grand Slam, which is a Six Nations unbeaten. We went to Australia and won three games, which had never been done. Um, and you try and bounce back like that. Well, I'll yeah, tell you look, what. It's a, scar, look, it's a scar I'll always wear for sure. Yeah, but Chris, um, so many people would kill to wear that scar. I mean, the thrill, the, the, the amazing accomplishment and what you accomplished on the rugby pitch to even be in that position, that's something that, you know, I'm no psychologist – but that's a very cool thing that so few people get to experience. And you've lived that. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back and we'll wrap it up and let you go. Chris, we'll be right back with Chris Robshaw after this. If you're in New York city and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, the pig and whistle on West 36th street. been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think is on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. And we are back with Mr. Chris Robshaw, now of the San Diego Legion. Chris, I'm assuming that Right, as of now, you're coming back to San Diego to play for the Legion again. That's correct, yep. Um, planning to be back from what I last heard, kind of end, end of December, early January. Um, so that's the plan, kind of get us fit and get, get us back into pre-season then ready. I believe the season starts mid-February. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to be back. All right, I'm going to have to start picking San Diego again because I picked you guys all the time last year. And, uh, I, you know... I got fried for it, so I kind of, in a tiny little way, I can feel some of your pain. The difference between Major League Rugby and the Premiership, how, how, how big is the divide? Look, let's be honest, there is a bit of a gap, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the American team did very well when they came over to the UK and played England. Um, and I think they did do well, but the English side didn't have a lot of their first-team players. Um, it was, so it was English A, and that's being generous. Yeah, yeah. So look, there, there is a bit of a way to go, but I think when you actually play in the games, they're a lot more competitive than I think. And I think from what I've seen from speaking to the likes of Ben Foden and, and players who are who I've known from the first year to where they are now, is it the fourth year going into or the fourth year? This, the, um, so the league just finished, overall it finished its fourth season, so this will be the yeah. fifth season upcoming. But of course with COVID, yeah. Right. So, I mean, considering right, it's only right. been four seasons, the improvements that have been made is phenomenal. Right. 
And I think that's the thing. We look back in, in the UK and our league's been professional 26 years and we still don't have it right. We still have things we want to work on. We still have things we want to improve. And I think considering the league's been going, let's take out that COVID year, say three and a half years or something, um, it's massively improved. And I think I think for American rugby to grow, uh, it's, it's got to get more into that grassroots level, doesn't it? It's got to get more into that level where where that kind of generation of players are coming through. And I, from what I hear and what I've seen in San Diego, I can't speak about other, other cities, um, it looks like that is starting to, starting to happen and academies are starting to come in. Um, but these things do take a little bit, a little bit of time. Yeah. You know, we're starting to see that second generation of players. So I, I learned in college or at university, what you would refer to it. And I had no idea what rugby was before I even played my first match. Right. So you had a ton of those kinds of guys, but now guys my age have their kids playing and you got youth programs. We never had any of that. We've got, We've got a professional league for the kids to look up to and aspire to, you know, for years, all we had was the barbarians versus the all blacks tape that we'd pop in and watch over and over and over again. Now we've got this accessibility to rugby all over the place, you know, like the things like the rugby network.com, NBC, Fox, CBS, all covering rugby. That was never to be found. And, you know, that old cliche about the, the giant awakening, it's, it's stirring a little bit. The alarm clock is going off. You keep hitting snooze, but we're getting there. And it's because of all of this access and these kids being able to see guys like you and say, hey, I want to be number seven or number six or I want to be number 12. I want to be Joe Peterson or 10. You know, they have now they can put faces to numbers and positions and say, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have more international games over that way as well. And I think Ireland are going to Vegas, are they? I'm playing, playing America in Vegas. I think someone else is coming. I can't. All Blacks are coming. Black, all Blacks, yeah. All Blacks are coming as well. So again, the more big games you can get like that to, to get people along. And I think it was a commissioner said, said uh, and I had a chat with a guy who's our CEO, I believe, who was saying, look, we're in the entertainment business, not the right. rugby business. Because people come for the rugby. If they like rugby, they come. But how do you get a new audience? Yeah. And I think that's something the Americans do very well. And American sport is, is brilliant in terms of the outside package. I mean, look, the, the games are pretty good as well. I don't understand a lot of American sport, I must admit. Um, but that's definitely something as an English spectator and an English sport, whether that be rugby or football or whatever, we can definitely learn something from what you guys are doing over there in terms of that whole package and how you market it and how you make it so fun for people who have no idea what's going on. So what do you think of in terms of entertainment value about the, the potential for a club world cup? And if that were to happen, you know, people are suggesting that the winner of the MLR go and compete in this club world cup. But I, I, again, is that gap too far off? If that were to, if that were to happen and it's not going to happen overnight, but if that, if that were to happen after next season ended, um, I, I think, like the Giltinis won like, this year. Would the Giltinis fair? Would maybe they get maybe run out of the like park? an all-stars team. No, I think they're just talking about making it the winner oh. of the league. Well, I, I spoke to our owner about why don't we go as like a an end of season trip and play Harlequins in a preseason trip and something like that. And maybe maybe you start that type of way. That's that's um, a great ra- gauge. Rather than going straight from here to playing the best team in Europe or the best team in New Zealand or. No, the gap is closing for sure. 
the gap is closing for sure. And from what I've seen, and I, I haven't played as much, the standard was a lot better than than people assume back back in yeah. the UK or back in their thing. But if we are realistic, it it isn't yet at the level of um, where other leagues are. But that's not to say it won't get there. That's not to say in time it's not going to continue to develop and and improve because that's what I want to see coming over there. That's what everyone in America wants to see. And that's what I think World Rugby want to see. They want to see America continue to improve. And I think the more players can come over, but also nurture and mentor the local American guys. And and like I said, guys who are picking it up early, who aren't just picking up when they haven't quite made it as an American footballer or basketball player or that kind of stuff in their teens. I've been playing it like we do from the age of five to six. And what do you think of the proposed 12s competition? Uh, no, I think, I think it's an interesting concept. I think it's another way of trying to revamp a product. We look at other sports and we look at um, how they can get better. And we always want to go watch their sports. I went to the cricket and they have so many different formats. But it's still under the cricket concept. But, but, but you're a guy that had to play so many games in a season with your nation, with your professional commitment. This would be, the, if I'm not mistaken, they're proposing adding this. So yeah, I think if it, if it was to happen, it would definitely have to be kind of a. Some other games may have to fall to the side if it was to take off and be successful, or you would have to choose. You have to choose. Are you going to be a player who's just made for this? And then maybe there's other tournaments like that through the year, like we see in other sports. But then you look at stuff like the baseball. Again, I'm very new to it, but you have your normal league, but then you have the likes of an all-stars game. And you think about, I know that there's no physical element, but stuff like that, which is which is special. Do you have a tournament like this, which is kind of a, I don't know, a three-week tournament, as a bit of fun, as to get a new audience in? Yeah. Um, because I do believe we do have a very good product in rugby and what we have on the pitch. But how do we get, those stadiums which are 80% capacity every week to be in 100% capacity. What's the difference there? What do we need to do? Is Free it beer. Well, yes. That's one of them. You know, get like, it's, you know, $2 yeah, beers and, and $5 tickets and you're, you're going to get people in the stadium. Exactly. And what do we need to do to get that final push? Is it a new tournament? Is it just stuff around the game? Um, and I'm not sure what the answer is to that yet. How long do you see yourself playing? I'm not sure at the moment. Um, I'm still enjoying it. I will. I want to have a, a much better crack of the MLR. Um, like I said, I've only played four games, and and dislocating my shoulder twice was not not my ideal first season. Um, but I feel pretty good at the moment, you know. And mentally, I feel in a good place. Um, so look, let's get over there and, and play that first season or second season now, um, and then see where we go from there. And but also in this period, I'm trying to line up what is next for me? What is next? Because I'm not 100% sure. And for someone who's only ever wanted to play rugby, it is tough. And it's a massive issue that when guys stop playing, the amount of guys who get extremely depressed, get lost, don't know what they're going to do. It, it is tough. Um, so for me, I'm trying to piece that together at the moment. What do you got going on off the pitch? I know that you're, you're poking around in different businesses. Yeah, so I've got a little bit. Firstly, I've just had a baby four, four and a half months ago, so I'm enjoying spending time and, and being around him. Boy, um, oh, so he's a boy. So he's U.S. qualified, right? He's U.S. qualified, so maybe in a couple of years' time. I'm interviewing Gary Gold next. I'll put in a word. 
<laughs> do. Um, look, yeah, look, I've got a couple of businesses I'm kind of involved with. I've got a couple of coffee shops back here, um, a bespoke suit business. Um, and then, you going then against Brad Barrett things. in the coffee business? No, nah, he he's a roaster. He oh, roasts okay. it. I right. uh, I have it at the shops. Um, so maybe I should get his stuff in. Ticky ticky uh, tongue. Right? Is, is that it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so look, yeah, we're doing a little bit of that. Um, a couple of corporate stuff, but yeah, just trying to piece a little bit together at the moment. Who's going to win the MLR Championship Shield next year? Who do you think? I think San Diego Legion have a pretty good shot. I think you're right. Uh, Chris, the final question is, are you getting uh, guys that you played with or that are still playing over there f- feeling you out for the MLR saying, what's it like? Should we come over? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the amount of guys who, who reach out and uh, I know Chris Pennell's just gone to Worcester. Uh, I think it will be the guys who are probably towards the latter stages of their career want to come and have a, a good life experience, but still play a good standard of rugby. Uh, but yeah, I've had I've definitely had a fair few calls about what it's like and all that kind of stuff. And is it growing? What's it? So yeah, like, I, I think there's definitely going to be an influx of people. I think it's just going to keep on increasing throughout time. I think the for the you know the simple fact that you're talking from San Diego with the sun and the beach and everything else to guys that are playing <laughs> in that sideways blowing freezing rain in the winter, right? It, it kind of sells itself for some cities here in the States. It does help for sure. <laughs> All right. On that note, I want to thank Mr. Chris Robshaw, now of the San Diego Legion and England star and premiership rugby star. Thank you for coming in, my friend. Absolute pleasure. All right. On that note, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you for tuning in once again. And please look for our exclusive interview with USA Men's Eagles 15s head coach Gary Gold, the drink-up with Colby Marshall and Zach Lanning, and the new stuff in the works. Read the United Rugby Championship, the URC, and our college rugby show.